Good morning on this Friday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Today once again we will be continuing on our study on the Feast of Pentecost and the Day of Pentecost, uh, the, the Feast of Weeks and the Day of Pentecost. Uh, a comparison of the Old Testament and New Testament covenants, the giving of the law, the giving of the Holy Spirit, and all the things that were taking place at each event during that time. Now, as time has progressed, we find according to the book of Hosea, where God predicted that there would be a changing of one covenant to another covenant. It says in Hosea chapter 2, verse 11, I will also cause all her mirth. That was when they had the happy uh, celebrations to cease. Her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbath, and all her solemn feasts. And this is uh, the feast that we're talking about, the seven special feasts that were unto the Lord. Then we see the establishment of and the replacing of or the continuation of in another form of these things. It says in Hebrews chapter 8 in verse 7, For if the first covenant had been faultless, there was fault with it, not so much with the law, but as much as with man and his weakness in the flesh to be able to fulfill or complete its demands. It says, had it been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. And that's what the second covenant is. That is what Jesus established for us. And because of that, through the coming of the Holy Spirit, all the things that are now benefiting the life of the believer that would not have been have possible had it not been for that. That's why Jesus said, there's so many things I still need to say and explain but you're not ready to hold and receive them until the Holy Ghost is come. And when He has come, He will guide you into all truth. He will lead you. He will teach you of what I have said. Uh, he will show you things to come. It says in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verse 48, The circumcision that was given to Abraham was given before the law. 400 plus years before the law was given, God told Abraham about circumcising himself and circumcising those of his household, including Isaac. Now, it says in chapter 12 of Exodus, verse 48, And when a stranger shall journey with thee and keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let them come near and keep it, and it shall be as one that was born in the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. So unless an individual was circumcised, they could not partake of the Passover. But in the giving of the Holy Spirit, and the work that Christ came to accomplish for us. Because we were not born Jews. Because we didn't have that first covenant. There was not a physical circumcision that was required. But there was a different type of circumcision that was required in the life of the believer. 
This was not going to be accomplished or done in the flesh, but this was going to be done in the heart. The scripture says in Romans 4, 9, Cometh this blessedness upon the circumcised only, or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. In other words, it was because Abraham believed God that this took place. Not because of his physical actions, not because of him having worked some special work, but because he believed circumcision and uncircumcision are now a matter of faith, not of the physical body. Because of these changes taking place, according to Hebrews 9 and Galatians 13, there was a continual change of things. There was a continual change of the ministers, a continual change of the high priest. There was a continual uh, uh, redoing of the sacrifices every year, every month, every feast day, every celebration, every time that somebody sinned. Uh, there was that continual change of, I got to sacrifice this, I got to sacrifice that. But with Christ, it was very different, according to Hebrews 13.20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. This covenant does not change. This covenant is permanent. This covenant is eternal. And the Jews... And the Gentiles are both grafted into the same tree. The Jews being the original tree that had been cut off the branches. And we, the wild branch, had been grafted in. And this covenant for both is forever. The first covenant, the giving of the law, was faulty. The second covenant, the giving of the Holy Spirit, was perfect. It says in Hebrews 8, 7, For if the first covenant had been faultless, that means it was faulty, then there should have been no place sought for a second. But it says in James chapter 1, verse 25, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So there is a difference. One is the perfect law of liberty, and the other one was the law of bondage. So it had defects as far as the weakness of the flesh. Then because it was weak in itself because of man and his sinful nature, there had to be something that was greater and stronger and better. It says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 18, For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. So as we can see, the first one was weak. The second one is strong. Hebrews seven twenty-five. Wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. 
One was unprofitable. The other was profitable. We see it again in Hebrews 7, 18. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. But in 7.19, it says, For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by which we draw nigh unto God. And this is important for every believer to understand this concept of drawing near to God. No one dared, no one dared draw near unto God in his sinful condition. And the law required sacrifices and all these things. And even in all of that, the high priest was the only one that was able to enter into the Holy of Holies. That was the blood, the atoning blood for the nation and the blood for himself and his sins. It wasn't that you could just go before God's presence any which way, at any which time, and anyone whoever wanted to. There was a great limitation. But with the coming of Christ, the veil was ripped open. And now God made it available for every believer to be able to draw near unto God through the blood of Jesus, having our hearts sprinkled with it so that we have no condemnation. We don't have a sense of guilt. And we actually have a sense of right standing before Almighty God because of what Christ has done for us. He has opened a living way where we can come before Him in prayer. We can come before Him in fellowship and communion. We can come before Him in time of need. For He is a He is a merciful high priest. He is a merciful Lord. He is acquainted with our infirmities, our weaknesses, all that hindered us before. But the blood of Jesus makes it possible that our conscience and our heart not feel condemned before Him. And we have that sense of, I can come before God not on the merits of anything that I have done or anything that I deserve, but on the merits of Christ alone. And because of what He has done, what He has accomplished, and because of that, anyone that comes to Christ can have access to draw near unto God and know Him in a personal way. Know Christ in a personal way. Know the Holy Spirit in a personal way. A relationship between you yourself and God Almighty. Consider that. All of this was made profitable unto us because of this. In Hebrews 7.25, it says, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Him meaning Christ, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them or for us. He's making intercession for you in heaven, for us, and he's making intercession for us by the Holy Spirit here on earth. Therefore, we have the witness of heaven and the witness of earth that 
Someone, Christ and the Holy Spirit, are interceding on our behalf and helping us to pray. Don't be afraid to come before God. Don't be afraid to draw near before Him. Come before Him with a consciousness covered in the blood of Jesus. Come before Him believing and trusting that He loves you and He was willing to send His Son for you. Come before Him in total assurance of faith that He is willing to hear you. Not only willing to hear you, but He's willing to answer your cry, your call, your prayer. Consider that in comparison to the law, the old covenant, where most of the people had to have a sacrifice of some sort to just cover their sins, yet the guilt of their conscience was still always permanent and there. There was always a remembrance of past sins and past events that had taken place, but not anymore. That changed with the coming of Christ. That changed with the coming of the Holy Spirit because now we're able to draw nigh with a true heart in full assurance by a new and living way, and that is the blood of Jesus that gives us confidence. I trust that this has been helpful today. I pray in the name of Jesus that you lay it to heart and put it into practice. Come before Him. Learn to have that relationship and develop it. For this is eternal life, that they might know Thee as the one and only true God and your Son, whom you have sent, Jesus Christ. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. And I say the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you, and the Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance, and may He give you peace. May truly the peace of God rule and reign over your hearts and your minds. May it garrison every moment and second of your waking and sleeping times. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.